Hello everyone and welcome back to MVGB, the monthly video game briefing, the gaming show for people who don't need all the details about everything that's happening in the industry, but the overview of the overall important stuff, what you need to know in about 30 minutes every month. My name is Patrick Beja and his name is Scott Johnson. Hello, oh. Scott. Hi. Hi, that is my name. You know what? You did your homework. Well done. That's my name. I'm here. We're uh, we're making it happen, you and I, today. And you know, we're going to be talking about the Switch Lite, about WoW Classic, about the games that are coming out in September, and a couple of games that we enjoyed over the summer. Um, so that is going to be fun. Let's start with the rest of the homework, the Nintendo Switch Lite, which was announced, I believe, over the summer. And uh, this is a, a portable-only Nintendo Switch. Of course, if you know gaming, you know that um, the Switch is a game console from Nintendo that is uh, dockable to be... It's a portable, so it has a screen and um, controls on the console. It's a little bit bigger than the portable consoles we've gotten used to, but it can also be docked to be played on your TV. And the Switch Lite is all of that... Except it can't be docked to be played on your TV. It's only portable. It's also a little bit uh, smaller and lighter. And it, it. so I guess the question is, is it good for you? And Scott, your answer is yes, it's good for you, for Scott, because you pre-ordered one. Yeah, I think, I, I think it will be. Um, I'm doing this for two reasons. One, it feels like I need to just for all the work I do. But secondly, I mean, that's my that's my justification. My real reason is I love Nintendo second iterations. I think their second iterations of hardware are always their best versions of the hardware they make. And this has been true of mostly their handheld world, but pretty much any time they've made a second revision, it's always been more solid, more thought out, better controls, less janky, uh, a million reasons why they're typically just in better shape than the previous iteration. And the first Switch was plagued with all sorts of complaints about the Joy-Cons drifting, uh, with their sticks and, you know, kind of a, a being a little rickety after a lot of use and that sort of thing. I haven't really experienced that because I, I dock it a lot and I'm also extremely careful with it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I'm I'm genuinely excited about this device as a, as a portable-only solution to people who want to play the Switch. I do hope and really do hope somebody eventually comes up with a dongle or something that lets me connect that USB-C <laughs> connector to a uh you know hdmi output or something you know just kind of a it seems a, a unlikely though dock. but it but I mean, it seems like the hardware should support it like unless nintendo you know specifically blocked that functionality from from the device I, well i think they've they haven't included the hardware that's necessary for that they want to distinct to make the two products very distinct um and they said it will not connect to tvs but i mean we'll see maybe there's going to be a hack but it seems unlikely um you, however you have a, an original uh, nintendo switch of which there's also a revision by the way which is very minor but it's a um smaller gp uh, cpu gpu so it has better battery life so look out for that if you want to buy one but i guess the question is for people who already have a nintendo switch the original one they will know if they want a switch light or not i think the audience might be interested in knowing if they don't have one would you recommend, without having seen it yet, it's coming out in a few weeks, um, yeah. would you recommend a Switch Lite, which is cheaper, it's lighter, smaller, or the full-on 
original Switch? That's a difficult question to answer, but I'm still asking you. What should they get? I think I actually have an answer to this. If you, it really comes down to this. If you want the versatility of the television and are willing to trade that versatility for all, for the potential of joy cons falling off, breaking off, getting lost, kid beating it up a little bit, whatever, then that's the solution you should go with. You're going to pay a little bit more for it, but you're going to have that versatility of portable versus, uh, you know, connected to a television. Then the, the the caveat for the other side would be, are you looking for switch capabilities, better battery life, and a more solid state design, and you don't care about playing on a TV? Easy answer is the, is the light. Mm. Um, but I think that's still the determiner. Like right now, the TV part of it matters in the conversation anyway. Um, but what I found anecdotally with a lot of friends of mine who play a switch pretty regularly, and and in my own case... We're all playing this thing in portable mode most of the time. That's the that's the draw of it. That's the thing that we love about it is that this isn't locking us into a single chair. We can take it anywhere we want. And you know more battery life and more solid state design means better portable performance. So I personally, I am very much looking forward to the light because of that. I think a lot of people play it uh, portable only. A lot of people play it docked only. Uh, according to Nintendo, what they're saying is that they're seeing numbers that are roughly equivalent, 50% portable use, 50% um, docked use. And I use both. I At some point, I was using it undocked a lot, portable, and currently I'm using it mostly um, docked. So I wouldn't want to give away that aspect. And I also think the screen is a little bit small. Maybe I'm used to uh, playing it on the giant TV. So that's why I think it's small. I think people who play it portable are fine with that. Um, but I would have a hard time giving up the docked aspect of it. So per my recommendation would actually be, unless you definitely 100% know that you will be playing it a, most of the time, 90% of the time, um, portable and that's what you're looking for i would actually recommend you shell out a little bit more money and get the regular one if you can afford it uh because that tv connection is invaluable for me um I, I think that's a fair that's a fair take i also think there's a third category of people which let's say you're you're a family who uses a switch it's on the tv most of the time you're using it but you'd really love it if the kids had something they could take on trips with them and not have it fall apart or break those joy cons and have to buy new joy cons every time and that sort of thing then a second switch in the family in the form of a light is a pretty good idea yes um, absolutely no but those people yeah. i think already have a switch so they know what they're in for um right they'll know the answer to that but that's, since that's you're, you're right you're right that you are most of the people we're talking about already know what category right. they're in and if yeah. they want it or not it's almost like the the easiest it's, it's like the easiest decision uh nintendo ever gave us because if you're not if you're not in a b or c you just you already know if you're going to get it or not yeah um, in my case i just like everything and i want everything and, and <laughs> um yeah and i will say that most people know this already but for kids this is the best console you can get it is amazing it's got games that are aimed at children and that they can actually play many of them and that's rare on other gaming devices so yeah, Nintendo. Um, the other big news that happened over the summer was the release of World of Warcraft Classic 
for those who don't know, World of Warcraft, of course, is a very popular MMORPG that had been evolving for the past 15 years. And so the original iteration of that game wasn't available to play anywhere. Um, and and Blizzard uh, announced a year ago that they were going to release a classic version, which was essentially a recreation of what the game was 15 years ago. We, you and I, have been playing it for all that time in its various iterations. And um, I think both of us didn't expect that WoW Classic release to be as big as it was. Clearly, we should have known because we know the game. Um, but a lot of people who had never played it are playing it now and are enjoying it immensely. A lot of people who played it then and wanted to experience that again have jumped back in and are enjoying it tremendously. Um, I think the both of us, it's not really our thing, uh, but definitely um, it, it became a bigger talk in the gaming industry than I thought it was going to become. So... Yay, WoW Classic. It's not necessarily for you and me, but if you want to experience that, uh, you need a subscription to actual WoW, which is, what, 15 bucks a month now? So it's somewhat pricey for a 15-year-old game, which was a very shrewd move on Blizzard's part. So you get access to both WoW Prime, and is that how you're calling it? WoW Modern and WoW, uh, and WoW Classic. Yeah. Retail, yeah. There's yeah. lots of words. Yeah. So, yeah, but... It, it had a strange effect on you, which it pushed you to play uh, WoW Prime again, which was funny. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh... it's so weird, and I admit it's weird. I'm not going to you know, try to pretend this is normal, but also I think that Blizzard may have known this about a, a portion of their player base, me included, which was, you know, th this thing was designed to bring old players back. It was designed to bring uh, current players to an exciting thing to do at the moment in this long tail of the expansion that they're currently in. Yeah, it's almost then, like an additional site expansion, which is which is funny. Yeah, um, it's really weird. And then there's me, who and people like me, and I've heard from a lot of people that felt the exact same way, who just played a little classic, knew they weren't going to go the full sixty and you know do the whole thing. We've done this before. We've done it already. And this nostalgia is not like you know the reason I would go back to it anyway. Uh, that instead it just had this opposite effect of like, wait, what if I made a new character in Prime? <laughs> <laughs> what if I build that guy from zero to 120 and just went through the levels and, you know, experienced that world again and did it, but, but with all the, the, the modern things that I like about modern wow. And that's what I ended up doing. Not only that, but also rep grinding with my main and some other stuff. And so, so yeah, it's a, it's an odd thing. Um, I, I would say to our audience, if you played it way back in the day and then, you know, kind of quit after the initial game and you're feeling that itch, this is for you for sure. Hmm. If you already have a subscription, it's just included. Uh, the one downside is if this is all you want and you don't care about the other modern game, then it's still that 15 bucks a month, which is a tall order for a 15-year-old game. <laughs> to, to yeah. Just, I, I think, you uh, know, for if you want to subscribe for just one month and, and go down that memory lane, it's also possible. And that's, I think, the interesting aspect of this game there are very few things in general and games also that you that just disappear. And in the case of World of Warcraft, that ancient version was just not accessible, uh, accessible unless you wanted to, you know, do shenanigans. And even that was not necessarily possible anymore. Um, and so that nostalgia trip, if you if you listen, if you want to listen to a song from your youth, you go listen to it. If you want to watch a movie, you do that. 
That, it, like for 15 years, it has not been possible to re-experience what WoW Classic was. And I think that was a draw for many, many people. So it's an interesting societal phenomenon. So, um, yeah. Yeah. One, uh, 100% correct. It, it is interesting to watch. What I would say, the, the big benefit that you will feel the aura of if you get involved again, is there is a a general positivity around the community right now that we've not had for a while. There, there's been a rough, it's been a rough year for Blizzard and uh, for Activision and for fans uh, trying to deal with various things that have either gone away, people leaving, uh, all sorts of stuff really in the last 12 months or so. And this is just such a nice injection of community camaraderie and excitement about a thing. And they broke all kinds of Twitch records. And it's just, it's just nice to see that kind of stuff in the limelight. So I, I am, I am a hundred percent positive about all this stuff. I think it's great. Yeah, indeed. All right. Let's talk about the big games that are going to be releasing in September. There are three. Um, the first one is Gears of War 5 or just Gears 5. It's releasing on the 10th. On the 13th, um, oh, by the way, Gears of War is releasing on the 10th unless you pre-order the Deluxe Edition or whatever, or you have the Game Pass for Xbox or um, PC, in which case you can already play it, which I have. Uh, Borderlands 3 is releasing on the 13th, and then on the 20th, Legend of Zelda's Link Awakening, Link's Awakening um, is releasing as well. Um, Basically a day and date release for the Switch Lite, I should mention. That thing. Right, right. That's when it's coming out. Um, Gears 5. Uh, so for those who don't know that series, it, it is essentially, it embodies the Xbox brand. Possibly... I, I hesitate to say this, but even more than Halo, in that it is very much the um, bro shooter. It's it's rough, gruff soldiers that go out and shoot aliens in the face. And traditionally, it has been kind of a rigid structure, both narratively and uh, gameplay-wise. And it sort of was anchored in the original one that came out, I think, in 2006 or something like that. Um, and, and it hasn't moved forward a lot, which is some of the criticism that people were levying against the series. Um, this one is moving the needle a little bit. Um, the reviews are very positive. They're already out. Um, I've played it uh, uh, for just a couple of hours. It The introduction is very much what Gears is, but you can already see the um, early elements of... It seems to me that this is not a reboot in what we've seen for a game like Tomb Raider or God of War, things like that. But it is trying to modernize the existing formula and making it a little bit more subtle, a little bit more interesting narratively. Um, it's very well acted, very pretty well written. Um, so if you're looking for a semi-grown-up version of that series, I think you might want to look at it. Um, it's kind of a um, also a trip down memory lane, I suppose, for, for fans of that series. Are, are you a fan of Gears? Um, yeah, I loved the first one. Um, I felt like I got real tired real quick, just the sort of stop-and-pop kind of uh, gameplay of a cover shooter didn't really do it for me after a while. So I think I fell off around 2 maybe midway well somewhere around that xbox 360 era sort of fell off uh i am interested in five but mainly because i have game pass on the cheap and why not right. why am i not playing it so i'm going to play it 
um, I hope to be, you know, sucked in. Um, there are characters from the original game that I really like. And so my understanding is I may get to deal with some of those people in some ways uh, in this story without giving much away. So that's exciting. I haven't tried it yet, but um, it's also I have something to mention. Steam, Steam is also carrying Gears 5. And that's unusual. Microsoft doesn't do this normally. This is like the first time you've seen a major AAA Xbox-focused title come out everywhere kind of at once. And the Steam version is currently number one on the sales charts um, pre-order. So that's just interesting to see that. Um, they're gonna. I think this is a really smart move for them is what I'm saying, I guess. But uh, yeah, I, I will play five. Um, like, why not? It's there. I'm going to, I got the disk space. Let's do it. <laughs> the benefits right. of Game Pass. Um, yep. Borderlands 3 is also a highly anticipated series. You said Gears kind of uh, introduced the cover mechanic that became uh, very popular in subsequent years. Borderlands kind of is the quintessential looter shooter game. The first one was widely popular, uh, widely popular. The second one as well. The third one, um, it's been a a little while since the previous one in the series um, came out. The company went and did other things that weren't as successful. Um, essentially, that game it seems to be more of the same, but better, um, which is kind of a theme here, it seems. Um, I, I think I'm going to wait for the reviews on that one because I'm very scared that it will be um, exactly what it says on the box, Borderlands, but more of it. And some people are super happy to see it. I'm not sure. I, I have so many things to play. I'm not sure I have space for it in my life, but there are a lot of people who are going to be ecstatic. Um, yeah, it's, I, I, you're totally right. That's absolutely that where I'm at. I'm waiting to hear what people say because the closer we've, getting to, or we've gotten to that release, the less excited I am, which is a little bit weird. Normally the hype is supposed to build. Um, I feel like everything I see is maybe some incremental improvements, but basically it sounds a lot like Borderlands 2. And I also don't love, this is a side thing. People can go research this themselves, but I don't love what some of the things that company and in particular its CEO have been up to. Mm. Um, there's some, there's some weird stuff around that and it sours me. I can't help it. Um, so, so what will probably happen, Patrick, is it'll probably land. And all my friends will say, it's amazing, get in here, and then I'll end up getting in. <laughs> at the moment, I'm not feeling super rosy on it. I, I, I want to love it. I used to love, man, 2 is my bomb. I love that thing. But mm. it's I don't a little bit. More, you know? the, one of the things is that it's got a particular brand of humor, um, which is very second degree, ironic look at, at everything that's happening in the game. And it seems that they've pushed that further, but we sort of went past it a little bit over the years that have gone since the game released. Um, but ultimately, it might be a great game and it might work out. The tone might be right. So I think for, yeah, just like you, it's kind of a wait and see what the reviews are like before I jump in. Yeah, I, I um, want it to be good. I'll say that. And lastly, uh, it's, oh, by the way, Borderlands 3, not safe for work. It is, no, no, it, it's not overly sexual or anything like that, but it is, it is a game made for, uh, I, I was going to say adults, but maybe it's 
edgy teenagers is a better for, description. Yeah, it's made for edgelord 14-year-olds, kind of. The, the, the tone of it was always a little bit that way. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, you know me and Mad Max themes. I love that stuff. Like, right. I love... Very post-apocalyptic. Know. Every gun shows up in, in the world. Sure. And, and that stuff's cool, but the it's a little juvenile the way the jokes work and the stories work. Yeah. Uh, maybe some of that they could tighten up. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, we don't know yet. I mean, it's not out. We'll, we'll see. When we were 40, it was fine, but now we're adults. Um, On the 20th world is what I'm saying. On the 20th, Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening is coming out. And that's kind of the uh, opposite end of the the spectrum. Uh, Again, it's a game that uh, was released a long time ago, 20 years ago or so on the Game Boy. And it's been remade for the Switch. It's a Zelda game, so RPG adventure. And it's very much a childlike wonderment of graphics and story and things like that. It's, uh, uh, um, uh, you know, I don't want to say aimed at children, but it's it almost feels that way. It is, um, it looks like the tilt-shift figures on a board uh, kind of thing. It's 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 uh yeah i think childlike might be a good description for it and so it's sure. it's it's a pleasure for everyone i suppose or, yeah. or that's what it looks like yeah i think it looks great um uh oh wait which one are you talking about link's awakening oh i thought you were talking about uh, sorry i got screwed up in my head which thing you just mentioned no link's awakening looks amazing listen if you didn't play that on the old game boy which is where this is from then you don't even know that this is the one of if not the best link adventures in the history of the zelda series it is amazing Mm. and you just don't know it because you didn't play it or you thought all the game boys black and white who cares or you know you had some problem or whatever uh or maybe you're you were too young then or you weren't even alive then i don't know but link's awakening is straight up the greatest i think the greatest link uh, game ever made or the greatest zelda game and so, so this thing, this reimagining, this new look, this all this stuff to take advantage of like better looking game, but that same game, I could not be more excited. This is my number one most anticipated game for the rest of the year, which makes wow. me sound like a weird man. I am stoked for this, Patrick. I cannot wait. Well, just to describe it a little bit further, maybe for people who aren't super aware of what Zelda does, uh, there are nowadays there are two tracks of zelda games the classic 2d looks and when i say 2d it's the traditional scene from above um kind of uh, uh games where you move from panel to panel etc etc um and or that's the origin of it and the 3d games which have evolved over the years but have a little bit more freedom a little bit more um uh, exploration, uh, feeling of immersion, I guess. And this one is a 2D style type game. And so it's certainly, uh, they both have their, um, you know, their charm and and they're both great. But yeah, this one, I think a lot of people are anticipating as well. Just side note, my birthday is the day after its release. So, <laughs> you know, I'm just... I'm just mentioning. Yeah, no, I know. I'm just putting it out there. I get it. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> All right, so um, that are th that's the games we selected for September. Of course, more of them are coming out, and the end of the year is is coming soon. So every publisher is releasing a ton of games now. Um, but we also wanted to look at a couple of games that we played over the summer. Um, I, I the one I played most is probably Fire Emblem Three Houses, but I'm not necessarily going to mention that one because it's very specific. It is a very Japanese turn-based uh, turn strategy dating school simulator adventure <laughs> medieval type thing. And it's yeah. great for people who like it, although it did get tiring after 40 hours. I kind of... <laughs> I, I, I It was a little bit too long for me. I still haven't finished it. I will, but it, I, I'm not as excited as I was with in the beginning. Um but it's it's the kind of game if you don't know that you like it, then it's not for you. Uh, so instead, I'm going to talk about Control, and that game came out a few weeks ago. And it's not that people didn't expect it to be good, but uh, Remedy, the company that made it, has had hits and misses, so we didn't quite know where this one stands. Um, and by most people's accounts, it is not only a hit, but maybe one of the best game they've ever made. And I'm so excited about it. I'm gonna play it. I've played it for a few hours, and so it's not enough to to judge it in its entirety. But I do want to mention how incredible uh, it is as an artistic achievement. Um, it is something that I have never seen games do before and not necessarily because of you know there are a lot of um even indie games that do incredible things with graphics and artful things this isn't that it's not that the the rendition is particularly um artistic as you would think of a, the distinctive style of an artist but it creates an atmosphere through the way it structures build, the building and the walls and the color palette and the sound work and the, the narrative threads that it's going through and the way things are said and things are referenced. It is very X-Files, Twin Peaks type of mystery, but... Everything contributes to that singular artistic vision that is achieved, again, in a way that I have never seen in a video game before. And people oh mention it when they talk about it, but not to the extent that is, it deserves, I think. It's, it's an incredible this, achievement. This high praise is fantastic. I mean, I already knew I was going to get it eventually. I'm a big Max Payne fan. I also really loved... Uh, I should say parts of Alan Wake, their other big hit. Um, mm -hmm. There was, there was, uh, there were parts of it that were kind of a bummer. Well, whatever. We don't have to get into. I'm not reviewing Alan Wake all these years later, but <laughs> there were things to like about it, and it was pretty cool. Um, the this is by every account I've heard a return to what makes that studio great, and also beyond that, and that it's really something special. So I am very excited to to get into there and play that and i also you know what I'm, I'm heartened by the idea that this is a kind of a pure game it's it's single player focused it's a story it's a bunch of great mechanics in action there's no point during this where it says hey you want to boost your stuff well check out the <laughs> store 
and look at the thing like this just feels like here's a video game that you're gonna pay for and then you're gonna play it and you're gonna love it like i i miss that <laughs> yeah i understand it is a yeah. self-contained experience and gameplay wise it's really fun as well to play um just to give a little bit of context it is the kind of thing that it, it's a supernatural um building that you get into and where supernatural things happen and a little bit creepy but not too creepy and it's kind of the fbi of supernatural things that's happening there and and to give you an idea um initially they tell you you know this building can only be found you can only find it if it wants you to find it in the city you know it's that kind of thing um and yeah it's a self-contained narrative experience that has a ton of charm um that that plays really well that will surprise and and delight you um i i think if that sounds appealing to you you shouldn't pass it up at least from the experience i've had so far and if i was to play just those three those three hours of it and that's it i would still be content that i had that experience um it's so special i i really enjoy it so oh that's awesome that makes me so happy to hear all of that i'm very very much looking forward to getting there and and, and checking that thing out and also I, i'd heard some some things about performance being a little middling, certainly on consoles and uh, that. What's your yes, experience? Right. Where, are you, where are you playing it, I guess? I so ask. I'm playing it on PC, but it's very true that we should mention that. The, the performance, it doesn't make it unplayable from everything I've heard, but on consoles, especially on base consoles, the original PS4 or original Xbox, it does seem like you have significant slowdowns and, and frame rate drops and things like that. I'm playing it on PC with a relatively old graphics card um a 970 for those who know what that is it's playing fine obviously i'm not playing at the highest graphics but it looks really good like there, there are certain moments where i can't believe i'm actually looking at a video game um even though i don't have all of the ray tracing and 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 super high level uh, graphics bells and whistles that come with the game as well which make it even more uh good looking and sometimes when it zooms into the the uh, main character's eyes and and the the voices of you know in my head that i hear from her it's it's really good looking but essentially beware here the sound work is incredible it's amazing amazing every every aspect of that it's not the best game you you'll ever play it's a third person shooter that is competent in that that feels good but it's not the most amazing game you you're you'll ever play but everything from an artistic perspective as i said the things you think about but also the way they tell the story the way they write the story is an achievement but if you have a playstation 4 base playstation 4 or xbox one again base xbox one maybe check that the game runs well enough for you um to to get it everyone who's played it on that notes the technical issues but says they still enjoyed the game so yeah, take that for what you will. <laughs> um, Scott, you wanted to talk about Children of Morta. I've heard about this game so much, I'm very curious to hear your take. Like a month and a half ago or something, they put out a very short demo um, briefly on the store page on Steam for this game. And somebody had pointed it to me and said, hey, it looks like uh, your desire for a kind of Diablo, sort of roguelike, sort of whatever 
uh, you know, stylized pixelated thing is out there. Maybe that's one you would like. I don't remember who recommended it, but somebody did. And I thought, well, all right, there's a million of these, but let's go see what this one's like. And I downloaded it and tried it. And even then it was really neat, but um, they've even, they've, they've done a lot with this initial release. I guess it's still technically in early access, but this thing's really polished. I believe uh, it's out now on PC, but it's coming out later on Switch and, and PlayStation 4 uh, towards the end of October. I think that's correct. And uh, I think if you are a Switch owner, this might be one to keep your eye on. Um, this on a portable... Oh, I'm going to get it twice. I just know it. Anyway, <laughs> it is uh, It is basically... So at first glance, you might be like, oh, another one of these. It looks like, you know, 16-bit era you know, animated, whatever kind of uh, look to everything. And I know we get a lot of those in the indie world, but it is something else, man. The The animation of these characters is so simple, yet conveys so much weird emotion. Like I can't even explain why this does this. But anyway, the whole concept is you're this family called the Bergsons or the Burgersons or something like that. Real kind of bland name. Uh, and everybody in the family's names are like John and Dave and, and margaret and you know simple names it actually works in its favor but it's set in this fantasy world and you've got to go find out what's wrong something's wrong with the world a calamity is coming uh the the grandmother in this family is like a a seer and she knows these things she's she studies this stuff she can conjure magic and do all these things but uh you start out with two available characters uh the one of her sons and and then that guy's daughter she's a bow user and he's like a tank you know sword guy um you can kind of choose between them there's a big there's a big opening story thing that, that even shows you who they are so you kind of learn all the mechanics first but once you get going you kind of choose who you want to be um and then you go into this dungeon thing and random generated dungeons appear and you go through them and you kill stuff and you level up and you gain abilities you gain points that you can then apply to your character permanently. And back at the house, there's ways to improve armor and damage and that stuff perfect uh, permanently as well. There's an uncle there that specializes in that, so he's always helping you know get get your get your armor better, your weapons better, whatever. Um, and it's got a Diablo kind of quality to it in the random ge dungeon generator. Uh, uh, generator also just kind of the feel and tone of it is very I don't know it's very diablo in a way um but it, at the end of the day it's a roguelike so if you die you don't really die but you get your essence sent back to the house and you can apply some of the stuff that you took back with you to get better upgrades and then you go back out and try again and keep moving until you're you know you're getting further into the adventure so that stuff if you've played dead cells or if you've played rogue legacy or any of those kind of high profile roguelikes um you, you know what you're kind of getting into in that regard. Uh, the gameplay feels really good and tight. Right now, there is no controller support on PC, but it does support mouse and keyboard, and it's, it's fine. It plays like Diablo. Um, although it does do, do a WASD movement thing, which I had to get used to, but once you do, it's no big deal. Um, and uh, what, but okay, so I've, I've explained all the stuff that honestly you can get in about 20 other games, okay? So those all good features, <laughs> well implemented here, no big deal. What sets this apart is this narrated uh, narrative story that is so compelling. <laughs> like, I don't know what, it's a combination of of just tone and a VO quality, amazing voiceover stuff from this narrator. 
And a really compelling story is pushing this thing forward. I want to know where we're going to go with this family. I want to know what the grandmother really knows. I want to know if the son, there's a son right now. I'm only a couple hours in, but there's a, uh, one of the sons or younger brothers is always complaining that everyone else gets to go on an adventure and he feels like he can't do anything for the family. I think he gets unlocked as a full character at some point. I think I'll end up with magic characters as an option. Like there's all these blank spots where I can tell there are silhouettes of people, but I don't know who I'm going to get to play. And, and it's pulling me along in such a way that I cannot wait to hear the next snippet of story and the combat and the, and the work you do between those snippets is strong enough that it doesn't feel like I wish I could skip it all just to get to the story. So they've got a good balance there. Um, it's just really cool. It's a small independent game. This isn't some big AAA title you're going to see everywhere, but like Patrick said, it's coming to at least a couple of consoles and available on PC now. And thus far, it's 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 right up there with my favorite things I've played this year, if not my favorite. I think it's really special. So mm. Children of Morta is the name of the game, and it's very, very cool. You paint a compelling picture. Um, I just have... You kind of touch on this, but I want to ask more. The compelling aspect is the narrative, as you said. Is the 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 gameplay just competent? You mentioned you you still wanted to play it, but is it just competent, or is it also uh, something that you're looking forward to because it does interesting things? It does I, the latter. I think it's very fun to play. It feels really good and tight. Um, there's some skill to it, but not so much that you feel like you're banging the, your head against the wall. As you improve, it feels good. And you're like, I got to get back out there and fight some more. See if this, this improved sword is going to do anything for me or this new mm. ability I can cast. Um, and you're upgrading your abilities as you go with, uh, um, you know, with points and stuff. It's just, it's so, so I guess what I'm saying is they've done a really good job at all of the things you expect from a game like this, like a game like this, they're they're nailing they're checking off all the checkoffs like they're getting them right and then they've added their own layer which is the story okay and other games like this have tried story before and i think you know to some degree or whatever have succeeded but this really succeeds as a cool compelling story and um so yeah it's a full package i love it it's really good i will get it when it comes out on switch so thank you for that uh description and thank you for being with me on mvgb that was a, a lovely episode and a great ride as always i hope you all enjoyed listening scott why don't you tell the lovely people listening where they can find more of you well i have two video game shows on our network that um, go into a lot more depth about various things about video games i have one that focuses a lot on indie titles like children of morta and others like it which you can find over at the boop show at frogpants.com You can also find another show I do called Core. Um, It's uh, a show where we go into greater depth on issues around video games. And lately we have had some really deep, interesting conversations about why WoW Classic is having the effect it's having and what that means for MMOs moving forward. And I think you'll have a lot to find there to like. So check out all those shows at frogpants.com. And as always, you can find my daily ramblings at twitter.com slash scottjohnson. Fantastic. And uh, I guess if you haven't had enough gaming after you've listened to Boop and Core, you can go check out Pixels, which is my gaming show where we also go a little bit deeper into what makes the news and uh, uh, 
world of video games. That's Pixels, which you can get on your podcasting app right now. And uh, I'm not Patrick on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. So go check that out as well. Thank you so, so much for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. Bye.